This is BJ Stagner. Welcome to Iron Sharpeneth Iron Podcast. Each week we discuss topics on fitness, faith, and family. We'll be talking to men and women within the fitness and faith communities who have achieved extraordinary feats and have overcome the temptation to quit by developing a mindset of mental, emotional, and spiritual toughness. All right, welcome to episode two of Iron Sharpen and Thine. I'm here today with Jim Oder and CrossFit Games athlete Ben Alderman, as many as well as many other things in his own life. Uh, so, Ben, how are you doing today? Man, really good, really good. It's a nice day out here in California, and I'm just uh, enjoying the weather, enjoying some time with my family, and, you know, doing good. That's awesome to hear, man. That was actually my next question. How are all things out there in Cali? Real nice. I, I take it. It looks real nice. Yeah, I don't know what you call it out there in terms of Celsius, but we're like um, 70 to 75 degrees out here and sunny, you know, cloud rolls through every now and then and a light breeze in the air. I mean, like it's as good as it gets. Uh, you can't complain with that. That's beautiful. We were 23 degrees yesterday. We're only supposed to get up to 21, 23 today, which is still in the, the low 70s. But for us here in the low 70s in Fahrenheit, that's uh, like you just said, it's about as good uh, as it gets, man. It is, yeah, that's it's teacher weather, right? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime it's t-shirt weather in Wales, we're happy, man. We're happy. So that's wonderful. Ben, if you don't mind, let's take a few minutes just to just to uh, discuss about your background, your background in, in athletics and sports, going into the gym owners, uh, gym, gym ownership, as well as uh, into the games and whatnot. Just give us a little feedback on that. Then we'll go into some of our topics today. Yeah. So um, I'll just start with my relationship with CrossFit and how that came about. So I was doing mixed martial arts for a time. I spent about three or four years doing that. And kind of that transition point where I need to figure out like, hey, am I going to go in and step in the ring and start fighting, you know, or is this like a training thing and kind of like, so it's just what happens when you, when you train really hard and you, you, you don't miss practice and you, you try to get better and you happen to be at an age where you're athletic, you know, uh, that's kind of what I was looking at. It's like, am I just, just training to train? And I always enjoyed the camaraderie and enjoy training and enjoy pushing myself, but kind of got to the point where I really wanted to test myself. Um, so I did one fight, uh, <clears throat> one sanctioned fight. If you look it up, I got DQ'd. Um, but if you if you were there, you saw that it was about 39 seconds of a win, and, and it was went went really well. But it didn't really scratch the itch I was looking for. Uh, the DQ came from a technicality um, that was really unavoidable, and and, and we decided uh, I was actually under Uriah Faber at the time, uh, training as Team Alpha Male. And we decided that it was just the first step in a long, long process. Since it was part of my amateur record, it wouldn't matter. So we decided to not, uh, you know, appeal that situation. And actually, after that fight, we decided it was the first step in a long process, but it was actually my last step in mixed martial arts. I never went back to the gym again uh, to do any kind of fighting. And because just prior to that fight, to help me get in shape, I had found CrossFit. And so I started using CrossFit as a way of training. Uh, to get me in shape and it actually was a way of kind of um, giving me a leg up because I was getting in such good shape that practices weren't really all that difficult for me from a cardiovascular standpoint and so I realized after fighting that it wasn't as rewarding as I thought uh, it wasn't really what I had thought it would be and I really missed CrossFit and so I decided to go all in with CrossFit and so that was around 2009 um, where I decided to go all in with CrossFit, spent a couple years training, missed the very first uh, regional in 2011 by six spots, I think. Didn't know how it was really going at the time, but I did show up to the first regional, and I live in Northern California, 
and I had my gym bag with me. It was raining like crazy. And I actually walked up to Dave Castro and I said, Hey man, I don't know if you have anybody drop out, but if you do, I'm ready to go. So as like I said, I didn't realize how official it had become. I didn't really know anything. I wasn't training <laughs> in a gym. I actually was training myself, you know? And so, yeah, I, uh, went there and did that. And turns out they did not let me compete. And it didn't matter if there was somebody who had not, um, uh, showed up or, 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 or whatnot. But anyway, ended up making regionals in 2012. And I think I've been a part of every, I was a part of every regional except for one, uh, since that year as an individual. And the year that I was not part of as an individual, I went as a team athlete because I had already qualified. That was 2018 for the CrossFit games in the 35 plus division. So, um, and so I went 35 plus division and I was so thankful because even though I had been so close, I think up my seven years as an individual at the regional, I had finished in the top 10 all but one. And so I was always hanging out and rubbing elbows and bumping shoulders with games guys. But for some reason, uh, maybe I just wasn't good enough. And for you know another reason, I feel like sometimes I just felt like almost like the Lord didn't really want me, you know, to make that. And it's a hard thing to say because, you know, you never know. It's not, that's not in scripture anywhere necessarily, but uh, I kind of almost felt like it wasn't for me. And, um, and then right in the last year when the regional went away, he allowed me to make it into the game. So I can call myself a CrossFit games athlete. And that's, it's kind of like where it goes. I started an affiliate along the way. Um, you know, it's grown and done well and provides for my family and myself and, Let's us train and touch people and and work with people and and speak into their lives. So there you go. Oh, it's wonderful. That's wonderful. Tell me, uh, Iron Mile, the Iron Mile. Just what's the background yeah. on that? Well, okay. So I started an affiliate in 2011. It was called CrossFit Gold, and it was because I started inside of Gold's gym. Well, when I moved outside of Gold's gym, I was kind of forced to move because that location went bankrupt, and I kept the name CrossFit Gold. Well, my logo is kind of a spin on their, their kind of like their icon. And so because the icon was close and the name was gold, uh, I got a cease and desist letter from HQ. And actually on my way to regionals one year, I, I, I got this letter and from, at my gym. And then I leave to go to regionals and I message Dave Castro again. And I go, hey, man, I've got this cease and desist from CrossFit Gold. They say they're going to sue me. And uh, can you help me out? with a name change, give me a discount or something like that. He said, hey, just let us know what you want your name to be and we'll switch it out for you. And so then it was like, okay, what am I gonna do here? Okay, so here we go. This is 2013, I think 2014 when that conversation had happened. So the year after I made regionals the first time, uh, when I took um, seventh, I think, I think it was seventh or ninth, it doesn't matter, somewhere in there. And I competed against Kalipa and Maddox and Blair Morrison and Gabe Subri and, and Garrett Fisher's actually rookie year. And I had done a workout post-regional because I'm like, man, look, I'm in the conversation with these guys. So I got a yoke from Mark Bell, one of the strongest dudes I know. And uh, he's out here in the Sacramento area. And so I'm like, I don't know what to do with this thing. So I loaded with 100 pounds. So the yoke itself is 175. So it's now 275 pounds. I'm like, I'm just going to carry this thing for a while. I'm going to do like a 400, you know, carrying a yoke. It weighs a 275-pound backpack. And every time I put it down, I'm going to do three burpees over the yoke. And I'm like, well, I think anybody could probably do 400 meters with it. It's just mental. 
And I'm like, I bet you Kalipa and those guys would carry like do like 800s. Cause you know, like workouts with like a 200 with 200 repeats in it with mixing with swings and things like they're not so bad. 400s, guys like me and you, those are too long, right? We don't like that. 800s, <laughs> a three round workout that's got 800 meter run each time. It's like, that's, I'm, I just don't even sign me up. So I thought Kalipa and Maddox, they would do for sure at least 800. And those are the guys I wanted to compete with. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to carry this thing a stinking mile. And so I literally threw it on my back. Only me and my buddy, uh, um, Jason, who's still a coach for me, uh, was there. He did with a barbell and he used a little bit less weight. But we just, we just carried it, you know, and, and went for it. And it was, uh, it was a humbling experience. And I didn't have a name <laughs> for it. And I was actually ridiculed by a lot of pro- local CrossFit athletes. They said, hey, the stimulus of this workout is off. Uh, the intent of this workout is off. The uh, whatever, whatever, whatever. And these guys all had been to regionals uh, the year before and then that year that I had went. And then, you know, I just like, you know what, guys? I'm, I'm doing my thing, you know? And it turns out that year that the two or three guys that really made a big stink about this workout, they didn't make regional. So I decided <laughs> that was a pretty good workout to do. And my wife said, I'd say so. Yeah, it's literally like the iron mile, and it's kind of like, yeah, being strong <laughs> for a long time, and that's kind of like what we do on a micro, you know, level on a daily workout level, and then on a macro, like we all want to be strong, and it's cool looking at you, you know. I mean, I'm training with you when we were in Cardiff, it's like being strong even when you're, you know, you're not 24 years old, you're not 34 years old anymore, and you're approaching these higher ages, but. The reality is we're living in this kind of like extended iron mile, guys like me and you, where we're like, hey, how long can I push this? How long can I do I like this? How long, how long can I bury, you know, uh, bear this burden, so to speak? So now and we just I love that. Iron I, mile. I love it. That's, that is an outstanding story. I'm glad I'm glad to know that now. It's, uh, I, you know, I, I still remember when we were, you and I were training uh, here in Cardiff, and I, remember, I tell this story to people, and, and I tell them, sometimes out of a bit of a warning i say here's the deal if a games athlete could ever ask you hey do you want to squat and use the same bar the answer is no it's just it's just no <laughs> but i had a tremendous time with you it was it was outstanding I never snatched barefooted barefoot yeah. never snatched a barefoot in my life but uh uh that was that was a, a memorable time I truly truly love it love that story the iron mile i mean how passionate is that you gotta you gotta love that you really do and um that is outstanding, man. What, how impressive is it? So you've, you've been involved, you know, for quite, quite a while. You've been in here. And it's like you said, you've watched that age group kind of, kind of walk up there. You know, obviously I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not a young, young, young person, not a spring chicken by any means, 48 years old now. And, um, still plug on my workouts, you know, and, and I, and I'm with you. I want to see how long I can keep my, my lift is bench. I want to see how long I can keep those numbers going up, you know, and, uh, you know, my goal this year is I want 171, 171 kilos by the end of Q2. And by the end of the year, I want 182. Uh, I want to hit the, you know, that one more time. And so, you know, that's where I want to be. So it, I, that, that story really rings true to me. I like that. And so you pray mm-hmm. for that for me, man. So appreciate yeah, that. of course, man. All right. Let's talk about the, um, the cultural shift today a little bit on, on the, in the CrossFit community, because you have been in, in there for a while. Uh, I know the length of time that I've been not only in training, I've trained all my life. I've been in a gym working out uh, since I was five. My dad got me started quite early and I've seen a, I mean, a massive shift in over the years, but when CrossFit, you know, instituted in, in, in 2001, really and truly, and, and, uh, and you know, what the, the, the parameters that it has changed in the fitness in, industry, 
and been not, not only just since 01, but especially just over the last, say, you know, three to four years, I personally have seen a, what I think is a, is a cultural shift. And I think you have a little better input on that. And uh, so, you know, so first question I want to ask you, and, you know, this is your opinion, uh, basically. I want to see what your take is on how has the cultural shift within the CrossFit community affected the fitness industry as a whole? What are the positives? What are the negatives to your opinion and what maybe you've seen? Hmm. Yeah. You know, when you're looking at cultural shifts um, in general, right, like some of this stuff is unavoidable. And so you're like, you're kind of like, man, I, I, I don't fully know. Sometimes you're along for the ride. And, you know, at some point, you know, a guy like me has to kind of step away and go like, this isn't my world anymore. Even though fitness may be the CrossFit like scene may not be as much, if that makes sense. Um, it does. Yeah. So so you end up you end up being able to affect the community that you're around and then but no longer are you really trying to maintain like this relevancy in in the sport and in the in the headlines and so and and i think that that's you see guys go through that and it's not because um we can't do it anymore and maybe sometimes it is because we can't do it anymore but sometimes it's because other priorities take over and the amount of impact you can make isn't by staying in the headlines anymore it's not by you know, putting yourself out there on the, on the athlete side of things and, and, and whatnot. But the, uh, the, um, so there's, there's this cultural shift that happened within CrossFit is also affecting, I think this cultural shift within the fitness, right. When there's all these, so I see this as like a multifaceted question where, you know, the cultural shift in CrossFit is this move from where it used to be guys who were affiliate owners um, athletes and, um, and they're also your level one staff, you know, they're kind of wearing all the hats, you know, and now you have guys, you know, the best guys like Frazier doesn't own a gym. Olson doesn't own a gym. Tia doesn't own a gym, right? Catherine doesn't own a gym. Sarah doesn't own a gym, you know, and so you have very, I mean, if I keep going longer and longer lists, you know, about the guys who own gyms or the athletes who own gyms and are still competing in the level, right? And, and so mm -hmm. there's, there's this move away from that because the sport's becoming more professional in some ways, um, less like itself that we're used to, but more professional in, yeah. in the way it relates to other major sports. Um, so there's that. Then there's the space in terms of how CrossFit slots into fitness and how it's influenced so much of the fitness space. So um, maybe that's a perfect segue for a follow-up question. Uh, to, yeah, to I, I think I, I agree 100. percent I mean, I uh, with with just taking away what you're saying, would you even would you almost compare it to, um, you know, if you go back to the history of American football, uh, the birth in, in the in the mid 70s, the birth of the specialists, you know, the the old uh, Iron Man football started coming to an end and you had specialists, you had people that wasn't playing both ways. They were, you know, they were running back and that's it. They're not playing you know, three other positions on the field. And uh, do, you, do, you, do you find the similarity of that within that CrossFit paradigm shift today that it is moving, these, these upper athletes are moving to that specialist position rather than wearing all the hats? Yeah, so that's what they're doing. They're not specializing. Um, so where football moved from, you just had your best athletes playing as many positions as they could to now, you know, just your guy who's the best tailback actually you know you know taking the carries and then resting on defense or whatever you know what i mean so but now with sure. cross because the way the sport works is you actually had a lot of specialists in their respective fitness expression 
in the sport early on, but now everybody's specialty is CrossFit, right? And that applies also to their lifestyle. They don't maintain gyms. They don't maintain anything, but maybe an online coaching program, um, which is not to say they're not doing anything because I've seen CrossFit Games athletes train. The ones who train now, they train all the time. They train all the time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. And then the ones who want to become CrossFit Games athletes, they train all the time. And uh, I'll hit three workouts in a day sometimes. And I've been, and just in the last couple of weeks, I've been around a couple of sanctional uh, athletes and it's, it pales in comparison to how much they train. Even me doing wow. three days, three, three, three workouts in a day, two Metcons and say a lifting session. And so the, really the specialty becomes in CrossFit. And so they become CrossFit specialists. And if you want to become a gym owner, the business space is a little bit more intense. And so you have to really focus on that. And so to become a business specialist, um, if you want to become a coach, there's enough online presence and people with names and personalities that you kind of have to become like a real specialist in that. So I don't feel like there's really a, a way, unless you've been in it for a while, China Cho does it, you know, she's an athlete and also a uh, gym owner, uh, Con Porter, athlete gym owner. I know there's still a few guys out there, but they're not people who are coming on the scene like right now. Um, yeah. There are guys who have like some pedigree, ladies have some pedigree and been really, really doing it. So I don't know if that answers your question. Makes a lot of sense. That answers it, that answers it perfectly, actually. That's, that's, that's awesome. How do, you, how do you feel, again, this cultural shift? You know, I, I know you enjoy and I know your drive, your passion about making a difference in people's life. Uh, I knew that within three minutes of meeting you uh, in the summertime. You know, how do you feel that this the shift that we're finding within CrossFit, maybe from the specialty uh, position, the specialist CrossFitters, um, do you feel today that it's it's affecting the faith within the fitness world? How has CrossFit and the cultural shift that we're seeing today maybe affected faith within our fitness world? Not just CrossFit, but fitness world as a whole. Hmm, that's a good question. You know, there's a you know, as the sport becomes more specialized, the, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who have stories, maybe similar yours, uh, in terms of how you relate to me as a, as a, as a games athlete, you know, and you, the story you could tell people, you know, some people have stories like that about me. Uh, probably even fewer people have stories like that about say somebody like Matt Frazier, right? Because Matt's life is a little bit more sequestered than, you know, and that's kind of what it is. I don't have any special stories about LeBron James. Right, because I haven't got a chance right. to train with him. I haven't had a chance to connect with him because if I try, it's very, very difficult. Right, because now lifestyles don't match, um, privacy. It, you know, I mean, the amount of people who are coming and, and bombarding you with with wants and asks, um, they don't. You know, I know it just is not like that anymore. So when it comes to the faith community inside of CrossFit, uh, it's I, I don't want to say it's it, it's like it's coming down because I don't. That's not what I mean, but it needs. Um, it has to kind of shift a bit where there are figureheads within the sport driving it, right? It can't be as grassroots as possible as it used to be necessarily. Um, if it's going to have the same level of impact at the sport level, but within the community, because we're still an affiliate based model, the gym owners who are out there and the coaches who are out there living their life for Christ, um, who have faith. I mean, God's going to spread his word you know, and his love and his message in the gospel, you know, anyway, I just look at the, at the upper echelons of the sport. It's much harder for a guy like even me um, to go and infiltrate those circles and then 
and then be a light and a witness because those circles are just hard to get to. It's like, I want to be a light to LeBron James. Let's use him as an example. It's really hard for me to do that. You know what I mean? Like I could tag him every post I have. I could DM him every day. I might be lucky to get like a light. Might might happen, but it's cool that it might happen. But it's and you never know how God will use that. But it's just as the sport becomes more professional, as that culture starts to change, right? There's fewer people who have a voice in there. So thank God for people like Rich, who truly love God, you know, and you see it, mm-hmm. um, and just you know all the others who who do, you know, and, and the guys who have have uh, uh, put their faith in Christ. So. Yeah. Dan Bailey had a great uh, video he put out the other day um, from the book of Galatians. It was really tremendous. And yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I, it seems like there's a, I don't want to use the word flatline. I know, I know for us over here, doors are opening up. They're opening up in a mighty way uh, within the fitness world. Even different organizations are reaching out to me now uh, with addictions programs that are working directly within the CrossFit community. And so we have uh, uh, several of these um, uh, outside outlining organizations, ministries, and whatnot that are coming in. Um, but again, I, I, that, that dynamic there within the CrossFit community, because we are a community, you know, CrossFitters, you know, people, functional fitness, it's a community-based idea. And uh, I just wondered whether or not you saw it kind of flatlining it out. And, and you know, it's like you said, uh, there needs to be some figureheads there that, that maybe can m- make that shift a little go a little north, maybe. Um, yeah, you see something like that as maybe like a little bit of a, of a problem right that we need to solve and the cool thing is is like yes it is a problem not having some of the more uh permeable uh pass through between like regular people and an athlete as it gets more professional mm-hmm. but the cool thing is yeah god's been doing that and breaking down walls for years you know and so i just only say that so that if anybody listening was ever like hey they're trying to solve this problem we're we're you know, and I know for you, I'm not speaking at you, I'm speaking with you. Uh, we trust that mm-hmm. God is going to work that out anyway, but we just look at that yeah. and we see it as something that's going on, you know? Anyway. Uh, we'll 100%, man. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a good sidebar. I like that. Last question here, and uh, we'll just close up with some uh, takeaways afterwards. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm very family oriented. I know you are as well. Um, love mm-hmm. following you on Instagram and keeping up with your post. And uh, it was great meeting your wife and hearing about your children uh, over the summertime last year. Um, have you seen a cultural shift within the CrossFit community and within functional fitness as a whole? Have you seen it have an effect on the family? And has the family had an effect on the fitness world? If that's, I know that's kind of a two-parter there, but um, maybe a, you know, if, if you can answer that on a sample, just your opinion, what you've seen personally. Yeah, you know, so for me on a personal level, uh, I, I'm so, I'm really, am, I'm very grateful. I, I have a good relationship with pretty much everybody who's still relevant in the space. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I say relevant, I mean like the people that are getting the most views, the most watches, uh, you know, and when I watch a movie like The Fittest that just came out that Heber and Mars, uh, Heber Cannon and Mars, the Buttery Bros put out from the games this year, I can look at that, I can watch it, and I can tell, and I can sit there and I watch it with my boys and my wife, and I can talk about the conversations that they show with Dave Castro or Chris Hinshaw uh, or Matt Frazier, and I can say, hey, you know, I know where those guys are coming from because I know those guys. And so still, yeah. when I watch things like that, I'm able to contextualize it for my kids. I'm able to contextualize it for my, for my wife um, in a way that's maybe a little bit unique to the average person who's watching it. Um, or to the other person who's watching it, because I've been 
here for a while. Um, so I feel like my impact in the world of fitness is still there. I still am able to reach out to those guys and talk to those guys and, 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 and do that. Do I feel like it's going to change and probably relatively soon? Yes. I mean, I'm knocking on the door of 38. I'll be there in July. And so my ability to kind of do things that are at all special or gain attention or merit me having an opinion or a voice to some of the upper level athletes, um, it, it's going to go away, right? It's going to mm -hmm. go away. And um, there's a really good part. I think it was a part of Creed 2, the movie, uh, if you watched it. But mm -hmm. Adonis goes in and he's talking to Rocky. And it might have been part of Creed 1, but I think it was Creed 2. And um, he goes in and he's talking to him. He's like, and, and, and Rocky doesn't know who he, who he is yet. And uh, he's talking to him about this picture of his dad, right? Adonis is talking about the picture of his dad on the wall. And he goes, hey, tell me about Apollo. And Rocky's telling him about him. And then he summarizes, and he goes, it's basically a perfect fighter, you know? And Adonis mm -hmm. goes, well, what happened? And Rocky's like, he got old, you know? And, and mm -hmm. you know what? There's a point at which we all mature past our highest usefulness in certain areas, you know? And so right now I've kind of maybe gained as much perspective as I can get and maintain some relevancy at a level, but soon that time will go. And uh, the other thing is I'm not really Apollo uh, in that picture. Uh, that's more like probably Rich is more like Apollo. He's like the perfect crossfitter, <laughs> but I, did get, I, am getting, I am getting older. And what's happening is, uh, you know, you lose some of the, I don't know, that appeal that other people have towards you. So, um, and then the influence of the fitness space, you know, on my family, the way it works is, you know, you see some of these guys and what they give up to and sacrifice, I can kind of speak to that on a firsthand level to my kids. So they don't get too caught up in, I don't know, just that type of, of thing, you know, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that answers the question uh, well, man. I think it's right straight down the chute where it needs to be. And, and uh, so I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you answering these questions, addressing these things today. It's been, it's been awesome. Uh, just real quick on takeaways and uh, maybe what, what's on the agenda for you in the near future. Any plans uh, coming up? Do you have anything that's going on as far as the you know, CrossFit goes, anything like that? Like to share? Yeah, we, um, we have a really big competition we do out here in Northern California. We usually about five or 600 athletes competing. And it's been pushed back because they shelter in place and quarantine orders. And so it was supposed to be May 29th through 31st. We pushed it out. We're the last weekend of June now. It looks like there is some opportunity for that to still happen. But we have big sponsors come on, like uh, Ready State, which is a mobility and movement uh, program from Kelly Sturette. Um, and his program, Formula Mobility Wad. Uh, FitAid uh, has come on and been, been a great sponsor and help for us. And those guys have been really huge. Uh, but we're really hoping that that, that can, can actually happen. So uh, pray for that if you're, if you're out there. I run that with my buddy Blair Morrison, who's uh, another CrossFit Games athlete. Uh, he runs a couple of gyms here in the Sacramento area and a really solid dude. We have a podcast together called Beyond the Barbell. And we haven't recorded in about eight weeks, and we're really uh, taking this hiatus to try to focus and solve the problem of that competition. Um, but we're getting back to recording soon, and, and um, maybe we have that going on. And then on top of that, all of us out here in the Sacramento and in the United States really 
area, we're really trying to uh, look, wonder what it's going to look like as business owners when we're able to reopen up and, and what this looks like. So, you know, uh, if you're a believer, you're trusting God with it and you sleep pretty good every night, but yep. um, it's still a little bit of uncertainty. So anyway. Well, sure. Be keeping that in prayer, my friend. I should I tell you that is outstanding. And uh, I do appreciate you taking the time today. This is Ben Alderman, guys, games athlete, owner of Iron Mile Gym in Sacramento. If you get a chance to visit his gym, get out there. Uh, check out and subscribe to his uh, his podcast, Beyond the Barbell. Ben, thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate you, my friend. I uh, appreciate you, man. This is BJ Stagner, your host of Iron Sharpeneth Iron Podcast. Thank you for being with us today. Please feel free to subscribe to our weekly podcast, share with others, and invite them to come along. You can also follow us on Facebook at Iron Sharpeneth Iron Podcast or on Instagram at ISI Podcast. We ask you to have a wonderful and great day and keep moving forward.